Okay, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the FearCast. My name is Kevin Foss. I'm a licensed therapist here in California, and I specialize in the treatment of anxiety and OCD. Um, for those of you who are new to the show, the FearCast is a podcast focusing on anxiety, OCD, and trying to get your life back. So welcome back, and thanks so much for um, listening to this this 13th episode, this uh, very unlucky 13. How exciting that you made it through to this one. So um, uh, if you're afraid of 13, that's great. Um, if you're not, that's totally fine. You might be afraid of the topic that we're going to be going over today. Uh, a lot of people are. And um, to a certain degree, for good reason, we're going to be talking a little bit more about that. Um, so, uh, just in advance, so if anybody thinks that I sound tired, or if I get a little loopy on this episode, um, it's going to be for good reason. So, um, a little, uh, behind the scenes information about the show. So, I don't have a whole lot of time in my day to try to record. Um, I am, um, trying to juggle work and trying to be married well, and, uh, um, all of a sudden now moving and uh, and also raising a, uh, a ridiculous six-month-old. So uh, I need to wait until everybody goes to bed and then I whip out all the uh, microphone stuff and the computer and set it all up. Um, and uh, right now it is 11.13 at night and I've been up since 6.30 because did I mention I have a six-month-old? So, uh, if I get a little loopy, that explains it. And um, if you have any questions about that, uh, shoot me an email. So, um, I tried in advance to get ready for this episode by, um, uh, as I told my wife, I'm going to get tanked up for this episode, uh, which meant uh, I was going to have a whole bunch of coffee uh, for this episode, which I promptly did. Um, uh, and hopefully it's not going to wear off by the end of the episode, but um, I'll tell you, we're, we're going to see how all of this goes. So if you're new to the show and uh, want to get a little bit more information about it, want to try to find out some more episodes, you can go to the website, fearcastpodcast.com. Uh, if you're interested, you can go find uh, find me on Instagram, uh, like some of my posts, start following me. Uh, I'll put up some uh, uh, posts every now and again, uh, notification of when the show comes out. Um, handle is uh, fearcastpodcast. I know I try to keep it really complicated around here, um, but hopefully you find me over there. And by the way, if you have questions about uh, OCD treatment, uh, how to live with it, how to work with it, how to find a therapist, how to work with your therapist, um, anything related to the treatment of anxiety and OCD, uh, please feel free to send in a question. Uh, you can go to the website, fearcastpodcast.com, go over to the uh, ask a question or submit a question link, and uh, you can send one there. Um, you can also send one, actually, set up a uh, new little button on Instagram. You can ask a question directly through Instagram, just to try to make it a little bit easier for anyone having uh, questions. I will um, try to put some of those questions in upcoming episodes. Um, but for this episode, we're just going to be going over a big topic. We're going to be going over POCD. So last episode, we went over um, uh, uh, HOCD, so uh, gay OCD, homosexual OCD, sexual orientation OCD, whatever you want to call it. Um, so this episode is POCD, pedophile OCD. I know, the super fun one. Um, I got a question a long time ago about uh, uh, asking me to go over some of the more um, taboo subjects uh, with OCD. So again, uh, here I am doing some of the taboo ones. 
So in advance, please know, I suppose I'm, I'm putting a trigger warning um, at the beginning of this episode. Um, and this is a trigger warning to anyone who is going to be uncomfortable by this, particularly um, uh, abuse victims or trauma victims of, uh, of sexual abuse. Um, th- we're going to be talking about some stuff uh, in this episode, particularly related to um, uh, uh, topics related to pedophilia. Um, and, uh, and it may be upsetting to some listeners. So um, uh, we're going to be using some charged language as well from time to time, usually for uh, exposure purposes or just kind of explaining the topic and, and the topic itself itself can be, uh, again, uncomfortable. So uh, please, listener discretion is advised on this. All right. So what is POCD? So POCD is the uh, uh, common term that we in uh, uh, OCD land refer to as pedophile OCD. Now, that's going to be the common name used for the OCD that is that where the main obsession is worrying about the, uh, having uh, or being a pedophile, developing uh, pedophilia, developing an interest in children, or already having it, uh, or being predisposed to it, anything related to this subject. Now, pedophilia is going to be a, a really broad term. A pedophile is going to be a really broad term that we're going to use. Uh, and, and it's used to describe anyone fearing that they're attracted to a minor, not just someone who uh, is attracted to uh, a prepubescent person as per the traditional kind of uh, uh, definition of what a pedophile is. Uh, we're not going to get caught up in the definitions and re- really explicit d- differences between those. Uh, it's just simply not important. It's just a title that we use. I know some people will get upset that the uh, the designation that a person is worried that they're sexually attracted to someone uh, who is prepubescent, uh, not yet a person of legal consenting age. However, POCD is the overarching term, uh, and it's best not to get overly stuck in the title. So before we get into all of this, one of the things, one of the patterns related to POCD uh, that, that I've noticed is that uh, this subtype of OCD often comes with it uh, just a greater sense of shame, a greater sense of avoidance and isolation than, uh, than a lot of the other ones, and um, to a certain degree, understandably so. Um, so it, it I mean, we we can kind of think about it. It's easy to share our checking. It's relatively easy to share with others um, checking routines or that that we're concerned with washing or or even some harm thoughts and, you know, hit and run stuff. Um, Because a lot of people can understand that. A lot of people can wrap their heads around it, but, but not everyone is going to understand POCD. Um, I mean, people often just get terrified to tell their family members, much less telling a therapist or a psychiatrist out there, um, because they're afraid that even they won't get it, assuming that they're, um, they're afraid that the other person, the therapist, uh, the friend, is going to assume that they're actually genuinely a pedophile. Um, and they're worried, uh, oftentimes I'll hear stories about people worried that their therapist is going to... Uh, going to call the police, is going to call uh, whatever your local version of Child Protective Services, um, and they're going to get in trouble. So um, so if this is you, if this is you who's, who's concerned about this and is now isolating from it, I don't want you to be afraid that you can't tell anybody or think that you can't tell someone to try to get some help. If you're concerned, you can go over to the website. I, I, I did a whole episode. It was uh, episode 11 on trying to find a therapist uh, specifically for OCD concerns. Um, you can go there and listen to that episode. The IOCDF also has a great article on uh, finding a therapist that specializes in OCD. That might be a really good place to start. In that episode, 
I talk about a lot of things that may help you to try to find a therapist or kind of suss out whether or not this person uh, is going to understand where you're coming from, is going to be able to differentiate between pedophilia and POCD. Okay, so to review the OCD cycle for everybody, remember, POCD, it's not this whole other diagnosis. It's It's all just OCD. And how it works is essentially you and I can get triggered by uh, something, anything, something inside of us, a thought, a feeling, an image, or a sensation, something outside of us, something we saw on TV, a person that we just walked by, anything. And those are going to trigger some unwanted intrusive thoughts. Now, remember, every thought that you and I are ever going to have is neutral. It's neither good nor bad, right nor wrong. It just It's that thing that's bouncing between your ears. But from the story that your brain's telling you about that thought, we usually don't like the outcome. So that's the outcome is going to make us feel anxious. So we would rather feel good than bad, and anxiety usually feels bad or unwanted. So we do a compulsion. We try to do something to try to get rid of that feeling, and it's going to be an avoidance. It's going to be a, a reassurance seeking. Uh, it's going to be something to make sure that, one, either the story never happens, the story that your brain's telling you, or two, that the anxiety just goes away. Now, once you've done that, you've got this little bit of relief, but the problem is it also reinforces the thought Now, that is anxiety in a nutshell, and that's going to be all manner of anxiety. So, now that we've gone over that, let's talk about some typical, common obsessions related to POCD. So, some of them are going to be um, experiencing unwanted sexual images of children. Another is going to be recurrent thoughts acknowledging or describing a child in sexually explicit ways. Mentally reviewing and ruminating over the awareness of real or feared groinal sensations when thinking about or being around children. There can be ruminating about a genuine sexual abuse you suffered and what it says about you, how it has impacted or how it will impact your sexual behavior or identity. Another can be wondering if you did act, wanted to act, or will act sexually with a child in any sort of way. Another can be noticing or attributing adult sexuality or sexual thoughts to children based on kind of specific body parts they have, clothing they're wearing, um, kind of how they're acting, how they're, they're, they're moving, um, and thinking about them in a sexual manner. So th- there can be any number of other ways that you can have POCD obsessions. Those are just some uh, broad ones. So some of the common compulsions that uh, folks with POCD will have, uh, a, a lot of them I find are going to be very mental in nature. They're going to be kind of a, a, an obsession that is also a compulsion. So this is kind of where pure O starts to come in. Um, that misnomer we may talk about at another time. But um, it might be uh, seeking reassurance from others um, that you aren't now have never been and never will be a pedophile. So asking family members, loved ones, boyfriends, girlfriends, husbands, wives, asking anybody. Some will mentally review previous interactions they had with children to see if they were aroused, kind of to evaluate what they were feeling. Um, Another can be ruminating about their intentions to spend time with their nieces or nephews or other children. Really common one is going to be just repeated groinal checks. And that's going to be turning your attention towards your groin area to evaluate for any changes or feelings which uh, are usually deemed as arousal or uh, kind of rounded up to arousal or the beginnings of arousal. So either way, um, if they notice anything going on in the groin region, uh, it's judged to be completely unacceptable and inappropriate. 
Some will avoid places, just any place where children frequent. Others will avoid spending time with children just at all, uh, even their own children. And this can include avoiding changing child, their own child's diapers, bathing them, holding them in certain ways, um, or otherwise needing to physically interact with them, just avoiding any, any need or any possibility of, of interacting with them physically. Um, they can avoid being with uh, or being alone with children, rather. And again, being alone with their own children, wanted to make sure that a, a loved one is there. We're making sure that, uh, hey, you know, mom, why don't you hang out and, uh, um, you know, spend time with your grandchild. It's ultimately a compulsion. Um, some will resist watching TV shows with children on it, movies with TV shows or movies with children. Conversely, some people will actually watch shows or watch movies intentionally that have children on it. Um, and they do that in an effort to check whether or not they're aroused or even attempt to get aroused to prove that they can get aroused or prove that they rather sometimes can't get aroused, sometimes to prove that they can get aroused to kind of just prove that they are a pedophile, which kind of gets uh, a little complicated down the line. And some, and this is a smaller number of people, some, uh, some will intentionally masturbate to mental or, or actual images of children in order to, again, check for arousal. Now, we'll talk a little bit more about this compulsion uh, at, at the end of the show, but these are some things that some folks with POCD have done to try to get a sense of certainty and comfort in the process. Now, before we go any further, um, I think it's going to be important, um, and I'm I am not a complete expert on this, so hopefully this comes out in the best possible way. It's important at this point to note the differences between genuine pedophilia and POCD, because there is a world of difference between the two. So, simply put, the sexual arousing thoughts of children in the context of OCD is experienced as an egodystonic thought. So what is the difference between an egodystonic and an egosyntonic thought? So if you're new to OCD land, this is going to sound crazy to you, uh, or the term might sound crazy. But essentially, an egosyntonic thought is going to be a, a thought consistent um, with your generally held beliefs, your ideals, your values. Um, simply put, these are who you are when you think about who you are in your ideal self and who you want to be working towards when you're clear-headed. This is, this is who you'd like to be. Now, an egodystonic thought is going to be the complete opposite of that. It's going to be thoughts and behaviors that are against who you are, and they run counter to your values, goals, beliefs, your ideal self. Again, not who you are. Now, this can be its own debate and its own obsession, but that is for a separate time. So to address what a genuine pedophilia is, now this is going to be triggering for some folks, and we're going to talk a little bit about this, so sit through this with me. So the definition, or one of the definitions for pedophilia is this. Pedophilia is considered a paraphilia, so that's the fancy word for fetish, and it's a condition in which a person's sexual arousal and gratification depend on fantasizing about and engaging in sexual behavior that is atypical and extreme. Now, please note, with this, with genuine pedophilia, the person has a genuine sexual arousal, genuine sexual fantasies, and they follow through with these fantasies with action. Now, here is going to be the problem with attempting to read this diagnosis of pedophilia as a compulsion to try to evaluate and see, okay, see, I'm not a pedophile, and this I know I have OCD, because you're going to read things that say this, the affected person experiences recurrent intense and sexually arousing fantasies, sexual urges, 
and actual behaviors involving sexual activity with a prepubescent child or children aged 13 or younger, followed by the fantasies, sexual urges, and or behaviors cause clinically significant distress or impairment in social, occupational, or other important areas of daily functioning. You probably caught all that, because if you have POCD, you're going to say, that's all me. I have genuine pedophilia, because all those things describe who I am. Urges, fantasies, otherwise known as thoughts. Um, And they cause genuine distress in my life. Now, again, POCD differs in that these intense thoughts, feelings, images, urges, and sensations are egodystonic. And they're accompanied by fear, anxiety, discomfort, disgust, emotional and psychological angst. And that these thoughts and behaviors follow the OCD cycle. That is going to be an incredible difference between genuine pedophilia and POCD. When these thoughts are experienced, they're not thought of as a good idea. And they're not genuinely sexually arousing. And they're usually riddled with feared thoughts and feelings of fight or flight. Now, if you're confused about this, and you probably are, I would encourage you to go get an assessment. Um, and again, I'm going to encourage you to uh, uh, to check out the episode uh, episode 11 um, to to learn a little bit more about who might be a good idea to to help evaluate you on this. Now, one of the reasons that you would go see a therapist to help evaluate this is because you're going to be relying on their clinical judgment, their experience uh, to help suss out, to help evaluate the differences between the two. Because likely speaking, if you are suffering with POCD, um, it's going to be tough for you in the midst of your anxiety to evaluate that appropriately for yourself. So sometimes it's helpful to have uh, a, 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 a trained clinician to help evaluate that. Now, as a brief aside, I did have one client actually go see a a specialist who focuses on uh, uh, sexual paraphilias. Uh, um, now, what one thing that she discovered is she she went to this person to ask him about to tell him about their symptoms, their thoughts, their feelings, what was going on with them. Uh, now, I treated this uh, I treated this woman for POCD, and I I do believe it was a genuine POCD, uh, but they went to go see this specialist at some point prior to meeting with me. Um, and, uh, and this person who again specializes in, in, in pedophilia and various other um, uh, sexual disorders, uh, this person looked at them and has no idea what OCD is, what POCD is, how to evaluate it and how to kind of uh, uh, differentiate between the two. They said something to the effect of, you know, you really should watch out for these thoughts. Now, that was then used in this person's mind as further confirmation of their feared thoughts. And they mentally reviewed. They went over that over and over and over again. Um, And it was one of the hardest things for us to work with. So I would encourage you to go meet with an OCD specialist. All right, that's about enough of uh, on that subject. All right. So Now that we've talked about what in the heck POCD is, let's talk about what to do about it. So, as always, we're going to be talking about CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. We're going to be talking about ERP, Exposure and Response Prevention, and also Mindfulness or uh, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, a mindfulness-based approach. So, CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. This is going to be looking at the thoughts that you have, how you interpret those thoughts, because remember, all the thoughts you experience are neutral. So, it's going to be how you interpret those thoughts, and from that interpretation, it's going to 
impact what you do in response to them. So what we're going to do is we're going to start by reevaluating the thoughts that you have. Now, one of the ways this is done is through something called cognitive restructuring. So this is going to be rethinking your thoughts, thinking about your thoughts in a different way. Now, this doesn't change your feelings. It just provides you with grounding firmer grounding to then engage in exposures down the line. So, so this is to challenge the legitimacy of the thoughts that you're having. Are they genuine? When you think from your most rational, reasonable mind, what do you think about these thoughts? One of the things that we can often say is, historically, I've never been genuinely attracted to children. You could even add, historically, I, I do have OCD. Likely speaking, if you have POCD, you've had other uh, manifestations of OCD in the past. So you might say, you know, historically, I have OCD, which has given me doubt and anxiety uh, about my thoughts and my feelings. You might even add, deep down, I don't want to have sex with, sex with a child or perform any sexual act on them um, with or even around a child. I don't want to have anything to do with it. Deep down. Now, that little voice might zip in and say, yeah, but are you sure? There was that one time. Remember you had that feeling? Remember that time that you were seven? All of those other thoughts, the, the what ifs. But we can acknowledge who we are within a historical context. When I'm working with some of POCD, something else that we also have to consider is that while we have this big, giant prefrontal cortex that uh, makes us really smart and makes us uh, uh, able to think about our thoughts and, uh, and all that uh, uh, nice stuff, um, we also still have this lizard brain. It's this uh, you know, part of our brain that's uh, our, our most base desires. It's the part of our brain that comes out when we're drinking. It's the part of our brain that comes out when we're angry. Um, sometimes it's the part of our brain that makes us angry. But one of the things we can acknowledge about our lizard brain is, you know what? It just doesn't really care about what the age of consent is in, in your country, your city, your town, your state. It just simply doesn't care. It sees someone who it deems as kind of sexy and says, they're kind of sexy, aren't they? It's going to notice that uh, sometimes there are going to be 14-year-olds that look like 18-year-olds, and there are going to be 18-year-olds that look like 14-year-olds. And guess what? Your brain doesn't really care. It's unfortunate that it happens that way, but it, it happens. To that point, putting the label of, a, uh, of, of the age of consent, um, now here in California, we have the age of consent at 18, but that differs from state to state, that differs from country to country. The age of consent has also changed over the course of over the course of history. Um, oftentimes in, uh, uh, in, in other cultures or in other times that it has been just the age of puberty. Whenever that started showing up, that was the age of consent. That was when it was okay to marry and presumably have sex and have children. So that's kind of when our brain said, yeah, I'm going to start paying attention to this stuff now. That lizard brain of that person is still in your head. So part of cognitive restructuring is going to be acknowledging your lizard brain. Part of acceptance, which we'll get to, is acknowledging that while it's there, we do have to accept the fact that it's there, and we have to tolerate the fact that it's there, though we don't have to act on every single thought that we have, and every single thought that we have does not describe everything that we are. I'm getting ahead of myself. All right, so we've talked a little bit about cognitive restructuring, so let's move on to what ERP is, so exposure and response prevention. This is going to be where you progressively get closer and closer to what your fear is while progressively resisting any compulsion, anything that you would do to try to undo, undermine, reduce, get rid of, avoid the fear, the feeling, the anxiety. So that's the response. Exposure, response prevention. So the overall goal for ERP 
is going to be to identify how you're engaging in compulsive behavior or avoidances and begin to engage in feared situations without giving into those compulsions and tolerating the discomfort and the muckiness that comes from doing that. And furthermore, so with ERP, what we're trying to do is to work towards accepting uncertainty, not trying to prove one way or another whether or not you are or are not a pedophile. This is perhaps, you've noticed, an unending cycle. Oftentimes, the effort to try to answer that question, whether or not you truly are a pedophile, has been unending. You've spent tons of hours, tens of hours, forties of hours, hundreds of hours, trying to figure out for certain whether or not you are or are going to be or want to be or will eventually become a pedophile. It's never-ending. And usually speaking, when you go through that process and try to answer that question, it usually leads you further and further into the anxious hole. And it leads you, it leads you with more, even more questions and kind of this deeper, more kind of just amorphous or even existential nature. That's, these are the questions we result in or, or end up with. So what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to make space for that feeling of uncertainty in your life and giving up on the fruitless effort to try to exile this feeling um, that ultimately is fleeting and kind of fickle. It just comes and goes. Because remember, freedom from OCD isn't not having an obsession or not feeling uncomfortable or not feeling uncertain. Um, But ultimately speaking, freedom from OCD is living your life as you want to um, and is as meaningful to you as you can possibly imagine. And tolerating the anxiety. It's not this either-or nonsense. It's, it, it's and. It's both of these things. Because when you think about what's valuable to you or what's important to you, do that. You know, it sounds, it's overly simple. I'll acknowledge that. Um, but uh, snarkily, I'll say, um, if you don't want to molest children, don't. It's actually pretty easy. Uh, if given the opportunity to molest a child, um, you can opt not to. Now, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have the thought. Now, I'll say this to someone with uh, harm OCD. Um, the best way to not become a murderer is uh, to try to not kill somebody. It's, again, it's remarkably easy to try to not become a, a killer. It's uh, don't try uh, to kill somebody. Um, that's a separate conversation. All right. All right. So what are some ideas uh, for ERP? So at the top, I'm going to acknowledge that ERP for POCD can be a little tricky and again, you may want to work with a therapist uh, with this or, or on this to, to kind of work out some specific exposures that you can do um, and to work with someone who has experience in setting these up for you. As some nice caveats to know or some nice uh, guidelines to know, um, you should not do anything illegal in the process. And by the way, intentionally looking up child porn or even accidentally looking up child porn is illegal. So ill-advisable. Another thing to know about ERP, um, perhaps this is just across the board, but I'll say for POCD, is that you don't have to make anybody intentionally uncomfortable, uh, or you don't have to intentionally invade other people's space. There are plenty of things that you can do that are not going to be in in the face or in the space of people you don't know or people who don't uh, want to consent to be part of the exposure. An aspect to also be cautious of uh, is that if you're caught in a public space doing exposures for POCD, um, not everyone is going to be completely understanding or on board with the exposures that you're doing. Um, As I mentioned before, 
some folks just have a really hard time understanding what POCD is um, and what treatment for it is. Um, so it's tough for them to wrap their brain around. So this is, again, one of the reasons why it might be helpful to have a therapist who, who really knows what they're doing. This can be really pivotal. All right, so now I've put all those caveats on it. Where do you even begin? One way to begin is think about your avoidances and do your avoidances, for the most part, obviously. But think about your avoidances um, and do those. And then resist giving yourself reassurances. So resist saying things like, um, oh, I'm doing this for therapy. It's okay. Or saying, okay, I'm going to do this, but I'm not a pedophile. Those are giving yourself reassurances, and it's ultimately not helping you to really embrace that feeling. Um, telling yourself it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay uh, is also not going to be very helpful. Um, resist checking your groin to see if that you're uh, getting aroused, um, but tolerate that feeling if you happen to notice it. Um, and you can sit and tolerate whatever feelings happen to come up. Again, what we're trying to do is chase this feeling down, not trying to avoid it. So what are some basic ideas? Um, some things that, that can be really helpful for some folks is going to be watching that TV show that you've been avoiding. You can change your child's diaper. You can change your um, niece or nephew's diaper. Spend time with those nieces and nephews. You can make eye contact with children on the bus or children in public places. You can go to public places. You go to the mall or my favorite place because um, I, I am essentially a child at heart uh, is Disneyland. This is, this is Mecca for children. This is where they all congregate. So it's a fantastic place for exposures. Another thing, um, if you really want a great exposure for POCD, watch the show Toddlers and Tiaras. Now, if you've never heard of this show, Google it. It's, um, it's an interesting show, I'll say that. But this show is just tailor-made for people who have OCD. So here's what it is. Essentially, it's this. It is children dolled up in sexualized costumes, making them look like adults and walking around in exaggerated and sexualized ways. It is POCD on parade. That's what it is. And it's custom built just for you. How exciting, how thoughtful of them to put this together for you. Now, again, Toddlers and Tiaras is typically going to be a show that's going to make one anxious if they are a straight man. However, I know a lot of, uh, of women who have been uncomfortable with POCD thoughts in this way. So this show is just great for this. And by the way, a common thought that some folks would have when they watch this show might be, man, if that person were an adult, that'd be sexy. Because again, what they're wearing actually may be sexy if they were an adult, but here's the problem. Again, your brain knows this. Your brain knows that there would be, yeah, if they were an adult, but it kind of filters that part out. The, the If this were an adult, it'd be sexy. Uh, and just gives you the, they're sexy in what they're wearing, or they look really sexy, or they look hot, or that's sexy, whatever the case may be. And it just, it just worries on it. It just hyper-focuses on that element of it. And now, you're, now the anxiety is off to the races, thinking, oh, man, oh, I just thought a child was sexy, or I genuinely did turn, get turned on. To which I'm going to say, if you're watching the show, good. I'm glad you had that thought. Lean into that fear. Accept that feeling. Where is it? Identify it in your body. Point it out. Let yourself have it. Which brings me to my other favorite exposure to do with POCD, and it is lean into it. It's going to be agree with it. Whatever that thought is, agree with it. Because you can agree with a whole bunch of thoughts. You can say, I'm, I'm an antelope. doesn't make you an antelope. I can agree with the thought. You know what? I am an antelope. You are right, brain. 
Nailed it. It doesn't make me an antelope. So a great structure for this leaning into exercise is called yes and. Now this is a common this is a common structure for improvisational theater. It's yes, I'm going to agree with whatever the scene has to say and then there's and. And now I'm going to build on it. So agree with it and build on it. So whatever your thought has to say instead of trying to shut it down, which you've done a gazillion times, lean into it, acknowledge it. So if your brain says that child is sexy, you can go, you know what, brain? They sure are. They are the sexiest. If your brain says, I want to grab that little girl's butt, you can say, you know what I do? And you know what? It's going to be great. If your brain just simply says, I'm a pedophile, you can say, yep. And I'm not just a pedophile. I'm the most secretive, sneaky, prolific, and harm-inducing pedophile in Southern California. I'm going to have a law named after me one day with just how terrible I have been. Agree with it. Agreeing with it doesn't make it true. It just means that you're not going to give in to what that fear is. You're embracing it. All right, so moving on from all of that, let's talk about mindfulness. This is the the soft and nice stuff uh, uh, for POCD. So as a start, mindfulness is a great place. Because mindfulness, ultimately, just taking a step back, my interpretation of mindfulness is being present with what's actually happening right now. Not the fictitious stuff of what's happening right now, or what you imagine is happening right now, or the content of your thought, but just what's actually, what's actually happening right freaking now. That's mindfulness. That's presence. It's just being right here. So mindfulness for POCD can be great. If you're not ready to really jump into exposures, you don't have to be. But can you accept that right now you're having a thought about a child? The thought about a child isn't describing who it is that you are, your identity. It's not describing your, your, your deepest down desires. It's not describing your ultimate future or your past. All it says is, I'm having a thought. I'm having a feeling. I'm having a groinal sensation. Okay. I've had groinal sensations before. And I'm going to have them again about other stuff, around other stuff. But it doesn't mean that I am now sexually attracted to all of those things. It just means that in that moment, for whatever stinking reason, I had a groinal sensation or I had a thought. It may be socially inappropriate, perhaps. Uh, a lot of my thoughts, a lot of my thoughts are. Um, but uh, again, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that that's ultimately who I am or where I'm going in my life, my truest, deepest down values. And again, with mindfulness is that we don't need to then make those thoughts bigger or we don't need to chase down specific thoughts or actions necessarily. But ultimately, with mindfulness, being mindful with your, with your POCD thoughts, your pedophile thoughts, uh, is just to live your life and notice the thoughts without agreeing with their factualness, but moving on towards your identified, your historically true, historically consistent, and preferable goals. Again, not all the thoughts and feelings we have are going to be true or who we are deep down. So it's to go on and live your life, whatever you want to do. You want to go to work? Great. Go to work and have your POCD thoughts. You want to have your kids? Great. Have your kids and have your POCD thoughts at the same time. Accept them as just one of the weird things that happen to run through your mind. Trust me, you're going to have more of them at some point in the future. We might as well get used to them now. 
All right, so now that I've gone through all those treatment concerns and all the, all the issues with, all the issues, I went over some issues with CBT and ERP and mindfulness and kind of how to work with POCD stuff. Um, one of the things to remember in this whole process, and this is unfortunate, but this is also true about all things related to uh, OCD and anxiety treatment, is that you may never completely be comfortable with these thoughts. With POCD thoughts, you may never completely get over them. Uh, and the feelings may never come down. You may still get uncomfortable. Pedophilia makes a lot of people uncomfortable. And you may still find it gross, e- even after treatment. Um, and I'll be honest, I mean, they're not, when I'm doing treatment for it, it's not my favorite things to, uh, to think about, my favorite phrases to say. And um, what I've said here thus far uh, is, is, is very light in comparison to what you're likely to experience when working with uh, POCD uh, in treatment. Um, but something to remember is that they are all just thoughts and phrases and feelings and images and, and sensations. That's it. Your goal isn't to be completely comfortable with them either, um, or to feel nothing, just to flat out feel nothing. It's it, but no, it's actually to just it's to have that feeling to make space for it and resist compulsive behavior. So, in other words, to think about it this way, it's to not to not let the thoughts. And images dictate to you who you will be, what you will be, what you have to do, or what you cannot do. It's for you to be the guide of the ship. You're the skipper. You're the cruise director. Whatever word you want to use for it. You decide where you want to go, what you want to do, but not your thoughts. Because you aren't your thoughts. All right, so lastly, so I don't know why I'm ending on this. This is just the last thing I had in my notes, so here we go with this note. Um, It's, uh, I'm going to advise anybody, and this might sound silly to some folks who don't have POCD, I'm going to advise anybody who has POCD um, to resist masturbating as a compulsion uh, to try to prove that you aren't sexually aroused or checking. Now, this is going to apply for anyone who has HOCD or anything other sexually related. Um, Masturbating to prove that you're not going to get aroused or that you're not going to have an orgasm to that thought is just one of the worst ideas that one can ever do. And I say that in the most respectful and loving sort of way, uh, but it's an awful, awful idea. Um, and here's why, because it, it will always lead to more compulsions and will always lead to more obsessions. Because here's how it goes. The thought is, oh, see, if, if, if a genuine pedophile is going to be aroused turned on and will orgasm to sexy time thoughts about children. So let's just see if I do that. Uh, Now, if I do orgasm or do get turned on when I'm thinking about children, uh, it means that I'm a pedophile. Now, what this person is looking for is they're looking to make sure that they don't get fully aroused and don't orgasm. Here's going to be the problem. Uh, And the problem is biology. The problem is your stupid body. Um, And it's this, is that if, if you touch yourself... Uh, in a sexual way, uh, long enough, uh, you're probably going to get aroused. And if you keep doing that, you're probably going to lead to orgasm. Now, whatever you're in, whatever you're looking at where you are when listening to this, uh, you know, look at a lamp, look at another car, look at another person in the gym. Um, uh, don't look at the other person at the gym. That defeats the purpose of this. Um, look at, look at a, a, a dumbbell. Again, not a, pr- a person. Look at the actual weight, or I don't care, some something that's not a person. If you just took off your pants and started masturbating to whatever that item is, you're probably going to orgasm. Now, 
it, it then doesn't mean that that's your new sexual fetish, um, which it might be. And if, if it's not going to hurt anybody or you, great, mazel tov, you have a new thing, fun. But if, likely speaking, it's that that is not going to be your new thing, and, and it's not something that's going to stick with you. Now, the other thing about that is, is that it usually leads to more compulsions, because remember to that, to that previous description of what a pedophile is, um, it's that they follow through with it on action. So guess what? The person who masturbates to try to confirm that they're not going to get turned on by children is at some point then going to say, you know what? I am a pedophile because I masturbated to children, or the thought of it, or that TV show, or whatever the heck it is. And it, it just never works out for anybody. So if you have already done it, it's fine. It happens. It's not the end of the world. And again, it does not describe who it is that you are to your core. It's something that you did, sure, but it's a compulsion. Now, if you're thinking about doing it, I'm going to advise that you don't. And I'm going to advise that you do find a therapist and work with them to try to find out some better ways to apply mindfulness or to try to do some other exposures to work towards challenging that feeling of uncertainty. And if you resist doing that, if you resist masturbating, accepting that maybe you're never going to get that answer that masturbating was going to provide or theoretically provide. I just say, maybe I'm never, ever, 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 ever going to know and sit with that feeling. Now, this episode has gone long enough, and I've just yammered on and on about this. Now, I don't have an, a specific exercise or guided meditation like I did in my last episode. Um, I have probably been triggering enough talking about masturbating and children and sexy thoughts and, and uh, children in weird lingerie that toddlers and tiaras is inevitably going to have. Um, so I'm going to leave you with the yes and exercise. I'll encourage you to practice that this week. Even if you don't have POCD, practice it. See what it's like and practice the yes and for your fear. If it's harm OCD, practice yes and. If it's a violent thought, yep, that's what I'm going to do. It's going to be great and I'm going to be good at it. These are all thoughts. Um, you don't have to say them out loud. You don't have to share them with your friends unless you want to. Go for it. Um, but it's an exercise to practice. And if, if you have more questions about it, um, please feel free to let me know. And it can be, this whole thing, this whole treatment with POCD can be a tough road, but you aren't the worst person alive because you have this thought. You aren't more disgusting than other people at the IOCDF conference because you have POCD. You aren't worse than everybody else because you have this fear. You have a fear, just like all the other ones just like everybody else in that room. You have a fear. It doesn't make you worse. It just makes you someone who has that thought. If you're willing to accept you with that thought, you're going to make it. You're going to have a much better go of this than if you, if you cannot permit yourself to have any of these thoughts. The second you say, I cannot be me. I cannot continue in my life until these thoughts are gone. You have ensured that this thought is going to be with you and your best friend and on your shoulder and in your head for the rest of your life. When we start to say, bring it on, that's when they can start to go away. And that's when we can start to tolerate them. So that's going to be my best advice to you. So that is our episode on POCD. Thanks for listening. All right, everybody, you made it. That is episode 13. That is the episode on POCD. 
Now, I probably missed some details of things. Um, I probably missed some compulsion, something that may or may not describe you if you are someone who feels that they have this uh, a branch of OCD. If you have specific questions about POCD or would like to share your experiences with POCD, please send me a question or send me a comment. You can send me a message again, as I mentioned at the top of the show, through Instagram at fearcastpodcast.com. Uh, you can go to the website, fearcastpodcast.com, and go to the submit a question link there and uh, uh, message it me there. I would love to hear about it. I would love to share about it here. If you have successes with POCD, um, feel free to send those in. Now, I also am going to, uh, this is an announcement for a future uh, series. I'm going to be starting a series on fear and doubt. So this is going to be focusing on uh, religious fears, religious doubts and concerns, um, both in the scrupulosity arena and also kind of uh, uh, just in general fears with faith and uncertainty and doubt. So if you have questions that uh, that you'd like me to address in that, and I'm going to be primarily doing this through interviews with um, uh, pastors and priests and rabbis and imams and whoever I can find and would be willing to chat with me about it. But if you have specific questions that you'd like to hear or you'd like addressed, send them in. Um, and uh, I, I, I may just address them. And uh, I do want to address those uh, or your questions. So uh, again, send them in through the website or send them in through uh, Instagram. Um, so again, uh, the FearCast is not a substitute for psychotherapy. If you have further questions about treatment or about getting into treatment, you can go to the website um, and go to the Find Help page, and there's going to be some more information for you there. So uh, again, as always, until next time, take a risk, challenge yourself, and don't take your brain too seriously. Bye. Bye.